this morning, if you will, uh, I want us to look quickly, quickly at 2 Timothy. Not 1 Timothy, but 2 Timothy. And I want to, I want to park at chapter 4. And I want to look at verse number 16. Again, 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning at verse number 16. Paul, the inspired apostle, begins to, uh, he writes his second letter to his, to his son in the gospel that has been with him for quite some time. And he is, Paul is in prison at this, at this point. And the, the inspired apostle, he pours his heart out throughout the body of this letter. And in chapter 4 at verse number 16, he says, he says, at my first defense, no one came to my aid. But they all deserted me. May it not be counted against them, but the Lord helped me and he strengthened me so that through me the proclamation might be fulfilled and all the Gentiles might hear. And he rescued me from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will save me for his heavenly kingdom to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may have your seats in the house of God. Get a mic. I just... I want to, I'll get in a second. I want to, I just want to call this, just for a few moments of your time, I want to call this in the words of that Michael Jackson song, <laughs> you are not alone. You're not alone. I don't know, uh, I don't know who I'm speaking to on this morning. Um, but I believe that we live in a society in which those who are religious in the world, we will say that we'll push and we emphasize faith. We'll say that, uh, that you need faith to get through this, that, and the other. When you're going through a rough period, we say that all you need is faith. When, when, when someone is hurt or feeling bad, we will emphasize the fact that you just need to rely on faith. And I kind of think that it might be to our detriment to only talk about faith when times are low. I think we almost, in our desire to help, may do a disservice in just talking about faith when things are 
are bad and things are not what you want them to be. I kind of think that we should emphasize faith, not just at the bad times, but emphasize faith when I'm just having a regular old, good old, ordinary day. When I have driven to work and I made all the traffic lights, that's just a good time to be able to say thank you, Lord, and, and, and exercise faith. When, when, when I'm on the mountaintop, I want to be able to, to just exercise faith. But, and so I'm saying that because, because this morning, uh, I'm not necessarily going that route. When, when I share from the Word of God, I always share from, from that which I have been personally convicted by. This is this this message. This message isn't really at the mountaintop. So I just I wanted to just preempt it and say that we can use faith at all times in life. But I believe that there was someone in here in this house this morning who may be feeling lonely. I'm saying that because. Because I can't get it out of my when, when, when I knew that I needed to speak. I wanted to I wanted to bring us a, a message that's, go, that's going to leave us out of here floating and feeling like we're on top of the mountain, but my mind kept being drawn to, to certain passages. The passages that came to mind were, were things like uh, uh, John 14 when, when Jesus said to let not your heart be troubled. He was, he was given a, a word of, of comfort. Jesus said that I will never leave you, neither will I forsake you. He was, he was given a word of comfort to those who were, who were hurting. And, and all throughout Scripture, my mind kept running back to passages like this. And so, so I, I looked at the book of 2 Timothy and I parked here because, because loneliness is, is one of the most disheartening feelings that a person can know. And being alone in a time of pain is even worse. Again, I don't know who, who I'm speaking to here, but uh, there's a lot of lonely people in the world. I'm beginning to find that there's a lot of loneliness even amongst our teenagers. Studies have gone out and they show that uh, on social networks, uh, some of our young people are reaching out even socially speaking because they are craving attention or they are looking for someone who cares. And if they can't get it in the real world, some will even turn to the virtual world of social media. They want to get attention even if it is online. And we, we continue to crave these personal interactions, but... At the end of the day, it's a whole lot of folk that's just feeling alone. And we as Christians, we, we should see this as an opportunity to reach out and help someone. And so, so as I look at Paul's second letter to Timothy, when Paul speaks, he makes some of the most candid statements in Scripture. And it really hit me. It hit me because... because out of all of the things that Paul has been through, he's at a point now when he's just being, he's just being real. And when he shares, 
He shares from a standpoint of being hurt. So I want you to hear the inspired apostle as he shares from the depths of his heart. And he says, at my first defense. In other words, in other words, this is not the first time that folk have come for me. Paul is, he's expressing, he's expressing that I've gone through this stuff before. And I have preached to the church at Asia. And when I preached and when I shared, everybody in the audience hollered amen. And everybody said, preach it, brother. And everybody was down with me. But then when it came to a point in which I've been brought to trial, when it seems like somebody should stand up and speak on my behalf, when folk were called to come to the witness stand, Paul says, I stood there by myself. All those folk who, who heard the message, all those folks whose lives had been blessed, now, now ain't nobody got my back. Paul in prison, he says, man, I felt... I felt alone, and I couldn't, I couldn't help but, but understand where Paul was coming from when he says that I'm alone. I'm alone. And what hit me was, was this. Nobody likes feeling alone. Nobody. But, but to make sure that I'm speaking to the right folk, I just want to, by a show of hands, raise your hands if, you have, if you've ever felt lonely in life. Okay. All right. That's cool. That's cool. If you, if you feel, if you feel lonely right now, though, if you feel lonely now, I want to ask you again to just raise your hand. We have a few. Bless your hearts. For those that didn't raise your hand, this message is for you. And for those of you who did, this message is for you. I want to, y'all know me. I can't help but start stuff. In Genesis, in Genesis chapter 2, I want to, I want to pull on something real quick. In Genesis, the chapter is 2. And I want to I wanna look at verse number 18. In Genesis 2, at verse 18, 
God who had, who had just finished creation, who had just, who had just finished setting everything up. God speaks here. Have you ever had a good pork chop sandwich? Which, which bite is the best one? Don't act like y'all mumbling like y'all ain't never had a pork chop before. I just heard somebody, who, who said that? Who's, who said the last? Amen, Ham, I'm with you, bro. That last that last bite of poke chop is always the best one. I know I'm kind of getting old, but I, I got a pressure cooker. And, and one of the things that I did, I went, matter of fact, I, I told you about it yesterday, Paul, I went and I got some neck bones. Do you know you can cook neck bones in 30 minutes in a pressure cooker? <laughs> I know I'm getting old because I was happy because I called, I called and told some personal friends that I found neck bones for 64 cents a pound. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. And I made myself a pot of neck bones. Steve, I put, I put onions <laughs> in my neck bones. I got fancy with it. I found some tarragon <laughs> and put some tarragon in my neck bones. I took, I took a pack of onion soup and stirred it in the pot for my neck bones. Salt, pepper, paprika. <laughs> Turmeric. Yes, sir. A teaspoon of curry powder. Y'all don't know, y'all don't know. When I finished, when I finished, and see, y'all pray for my kids, they ain't got no sense. My kids didn't want no neck bones. More neck bones for me. I got to cleared out the pot. Do you know which neck bone in that pot tasted the best? Yeah. 
because by now, it has set in, sucked in all the juice. Some of y'all getting hungry now. The last seems like it should be the best. God finished his creation and he saved the best for last. He created man. And when he, when he created man, he laid him out on the dirt. He formed man, put him together, took dirt and, and transformed it into cells. He took dirt and he brought it together and made bone. He took dirt, made muscles, dirt, transformed it into blood, dirt, brain, dirt, eyeball. My God is an awesome God. Man lay there. God breathed. He breathed into Adam. The breath of life. And Adam became a living nephesh or a living soul. The last, the last part of creation. Everything that God had made up until that point, he said good, 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 good created man, and he said, good, right? But watch this. In, in verse, in Genesis chapter 2, at verse number 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good. He said, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make and help me for him. <sighs> I, could, I could do some stuff with this. I could do some stuff with it, but, but, but what God did what God did, he created the last. Now, now the word there, when it talked about that he created man, it's anthro, and it means all of man. I could, if this was a Mother's Day message, sisters, I could twist some stuff and make you jump, make you just snatch your wig off but I want to keep it, I want to keep it contextually correct. He said, he said, I'm creating man. And when I create man, meaning mankind, when I create man, God said it was good. But in verse number 18, concerning man, the very first time, that God said something is not good was when he looked at man and said 
It is not good that man should be alone. That bothered me. That bothered me. Can I be honest? See, in, in, I believe good Bible study asks good questions and honest questions. I am not one who wants to indict God, and I do not want to be blasphemous, but there is an elephant in the spiritual room that nobody really speaks about. But I'm just, I just want to be honest. When I look at the text, it says, God said that it's not good that man should be alone. The issue here, if you're being honest, is that God, you just finished creating the sun, the moon, the stars. You just separated light. You just created the animals. You just created vegetation. You just created all of the stuff that's in the sea. You created the sea. Created the stars. And now when you look at man, you say, Lord, you did that. And you said that it's not good. Lord, why would you Create something and then say that it's not good. Why would you do that, God? <laughs> we'll get to that in just a moment. But God said that it's not good that man should be alone. God said it. And I don't think anyone in here likes to feel alone. Feeling alone, feeling alone is not a good place to be. Being, being down there by yourself. Can I just be honest? There, there have been days when I have sat on the edge of my bed with my face in my hand saying, Lord, what are you doing? Guess ain't nobody gonna be honest and admit that you've been there too. There's been days in which I've wondered, Lord, I know that I know that what I did was wrong, but the pressure that you're putting on me now is almost unbearable. You said that I was your child. Lord, this almost feels unbearable. My God, my God. <laughs> you want to say, Lord, you've forsaken me. Paul was feeling that. When he said, he said, out of all the preaching that I've done, everything that I've been through, now that I need somebody to stand up on my behalf, nobody's there. I feel alone. God created Adam and said that it's not good for Adam to feel this. But Lord, if you created Adam and since you created Adam, 
When you created him, you left him in a state of feeling aloneness. And because you are a God of purpose, you are a God who is sovereign, you know everything. God cannot even learn. And because God can't learn, it was not a surprise that Adam was alone. Lord, you did that on purpose. Why would you do that, Lord? Why? Why? I believe in my heart of hearts that what God was doing when he created Adam like that, he created, he created man like that in such a way because he wanted man to understand. <laughs> when Jesus prayed, and they said, teach us how to pray. And then he, 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 gave, he gave what we call the Lord's Prayer. You remember that prayer? He said, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then he said, give us. Give us this day our what? Our daily bread. What God what God was saying and what Jesus was showing is that in every instance, every nook and cranny of our life, we need him in everything. Give us this day our daily bread. God says, I created you lonely so that you would know that you need to depend on me for everything in your life. And if you can learn to depend on me, then you will never be alone. And not, not just me, but you also need to learn how to depend on one another. You need to learn, you need to learn how to deal with one another. And I'm not talking about these little funky, superficial relationships. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, is there anybody in here that when you are going down through there, that you can lean on that person? Can you, is there anybody in here that you can call on when times are rough, when you don't know what's going on, when you, when you don't know, when you can't stop the tears? If there's nobody in here that you can call on when the tears flow and you can't stop them, You need to learn how to get with some folk and sit down and holler at them for real. The folk who raised their hands, when I asked if there's anybody in here that's lonely now, if you didn't raise your hand, you know your mission. Now, I'm not talking about just getting in folks' business. Because, see, <laughs> some of us, we have, some, some folk have, thank you, Valerie. Some folk have, have x-ray vision. And some folk got fault ray vision. Where you can't see nothing but somebody else's faults. And what you did wrong. And what I heard you said. And then I know about your mama. And I know about what your mama did. Some folk know all about the stuff that you did. 
They know all about. They know all. You see, in some places, in some places, you can't even, it's like, it's like you can't even make a mistake in front of some folk. And the crazy part about it is that we call the church a hospital. But you know, you know what's crazy? <laughs> is that a hospital is the only place that folk are trying to get out of. They get well so that they can leave. I understand the analogy that the church is a hospital. But more so than being a hospital, the church is a place where lonely folk ought to be able to come so that they do not feel alone. That's what the church is about. I just think it's high time that instead of playing church all the time, that we just need to come together and get to know our brothers and sisters in Christ. Find out what's going on with them. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, everybody will have a chance at that front row. If you've never had a death in a family, God bless your heart. But there will come a day in which you sit on that front row. And when you sit on that front row, because everybody gets a turn, you will sit on that front row not just for death, but there is a front row of life that everyone must sit on from time to time. And that front row is the front row of loneliness. And when you get lonely, when you get lonely, sometimes all that you need, all you need is a word of kindness. Sometimes when you get lonely, all you need is a handshake. Sometimes when you get lonely, you need someone that can empathize and connect with what you're going through and just sit down on that step right there with you and say, you know what? I don't fully understand everything that you're going through, but, but I'm with you. I'm with you. And sometimes that's all folk need. When the master said, when he said, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. What he's really saying, what he's really saying on a deeper level is that, is that if, if you have been baptized into Christ and if you have put on Christ, Christ ought to be in you. And if, if he is in you, when someone else is hurting, you need to be able to be Christ with them so that they never feel alone. That's all I've got for you. That's all I've got. Just one simple point. One point. If you are a child of God, my challenge to you and the point is simply this. Get with some folk. Learn about them. And be there for them and with them just in case they're hurt. Just in case they're alone. Because one day, you might be that person that's alone. Is that all right? Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Song leaders, y'all come forward.
I'm thankful. I'm thankful to what Jesus did so that I wouldn't have to feel alone forever. Jesus, one day as he hung out on that cross, two thieves on both sides, on another deeper theological level, when Jesus died, he died next to folk that should have been being killed. He was the only one on Calvary's hill that shouldn't have been there. But his blood was the one that made the difference. Because he gave up his blood, because he gave up his life, he's given us an opportunity to get with him. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm so thankful for the fact that Jesus died for me. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm gonna just be selfish. He died for me. I know he died for you too, but I just gotta be greedy and personal. The master died for me, and I'm thankful for what he did for me. Personalize it, make it, make, make it yours. But if you have not obeyed the gospel of Christ, if you have not been baptized for the remission of your sins, I want you to know that you are living outside of your privilege. And if you live, if you live outside your privilege, you can't go where he is. And one day, if you, if, you, if you ignore the gospel, one day, that aloneness, that aloneness will become total. It won't be temporal. It'll be total. Because hell is a place that is designed without God's presence. And without God's presence, you will be alone. So if you need to respond to the, to the invitation, if you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, if you need to be saved, or if you just need prayer, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. Uh, if you also just need to, need to learn to reach out, to branch out, get to know your brothers and sisters in Christ, make sure that, that you do that today. That's my challenge to you. Get to know someone. Get to love them. If you need to respond to the invitation, I'm asking you to come right now as together we stand and as together we say.